All right, welcome to the Ascent 420 podcast. We're on number 15. Mm-hmm. We have a um, new strain going today. Well, again, it's a mix, but Grape God, Grape God's just a kick ass all around strain. And some White Wedding. This is a Fino White Wedding, white wedding number three. Um, I've been doing a little Fino hunting for ethos genetics and um this looks pretty sick so we'll find out if mm. it puts us into a coma i think it's kind of comatose weed so Uh-oh. okay we um, might lose our <laughs> if we get a little spaced out yeah. then i didn't bring my notepad you know so does does taste or stone count as a pheno or only what something looks like so what the what a pheno is so if you um you know, so they put out, yeah, they put mm-hmm. out, you know, like seeds for this run, right? right? Yeah. And so, um, what I'll do is I'll take, you know, okay, they're five, making seeds, seeds, not clones, right? I see, and yeah. you know, pop those seeds and then grow those out, mm. and uh, you know, since you can legally have six plants mm-hmm. in Colorado, um, I'll do that, grow them out, and then you kind of select see if there's anything that's different that's mm-hmm. kind of like the unicorn of the batch that's like oh maybe right. it's a big thick yield then, or maybe it's just way more terpy and smells and tastes different or maybe it's um grows carry more. a little different mm-hmm. right so they'll yeah. look for characteristics things that they want right. that they can cross you know back and into. then and then do you clone that and then they might make seeds from that correct plant? and so yeah. then what i'll do is i'll take clones of it and um you know say hey i think this is something that you guys might want to look at mm-hmm. um, because it's a heavy yielder, right? Let's say. Yeah, for and so then maybe female. they'll take that and say, okay, we want one that's going to be a really dense, heavy yielder. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to maybe cross it with something that's way more terpy, right? And, you know, they, they take the properties of the heavy yield. What's terpy again? Terps would be your your taste your smells because that. um, they use that with wine i think yeah right mm-hmm. uh-huh. so um okay so that is kind of a pheno then as well thinking yeah, about think what something smells just what it tastes looks like. like is what it uh-huh. what you can see or feel or taste well, right well, right. well the, the phenotype would be again the you put out characteristics yeah exactly the characteristics right. of that yeah. particular yeah. right plant so, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so it's fun. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah, cool it's checking it out and seeing mm-hmm. um, how things grow. The difference. I mean, it, it's it's kind of cool when you've got two of the you know or, or five or six of the exact same strain, but then you see the different characteristics even in each within. one. It's like Especially the physical with manifestation mm-hmm. of those genes, even though because I remember when. A long time ago, I took genetics class, phenotypes and genotypes, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. then some some are activated depending on the environment or whatever, just depending on genetics. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see with the phenotypes, mm-hmm. like right. even mm-hmm. in people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I heard uh, another interesting thing is Dawkins has extended phenotypes. And those are like a bird's nest mm-hmm. or a spider web. And those are things that creatures build that still somehow exists in their genetics, mm-hmm. and then, but then is expressed like later on as the thing oh, yeah. they make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a cool concept. Yeah. And extended phenotypes. Yeah. Extended. And then, mm. yeah, because then that kind of, I mean, that just car- carries over into characteristics, right? Like you don't typically have to teach 
like a lab how to swim. Mm-hmm. They just know how right. to swim. They're yeah. just, you, you know. So it's both behaviors and the way uh-huh. things look. And yeah, I mean, yeah. that's like horses. They want the fastest one. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Interesting. So I guess. White wedding. St- white wedding. Mm. I never heard of that one before. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try it out. Nice. I always feel mm. like I'm pirating it because I'm the first one. Does anybody else want to? It's fine. You roll it. You right. introduce it. No, I got the shaky table. No one's gonna. No one's gonna judge manners. They might. Once people start to watch these, <laughs> why is might, Eric always fucking bogarting? Yeah, Eric's always bogarting. But then be like, oh well, there's two white people over there. So oh <laughs> he should definitely bogart it. Right. The, only the tables have turned. Group. Right. Uh-huh. That's right. It's yeah. okay to be. You got to help the marginalized. <laughs> By marginalizing them. <laughs> right. Which is exactly what wokeness is about. Yeah. <laughs> I need to bring those filters. Oh, that's right. You were supposed to bring some filters so we could try it out. I'm old school. Yeah. I don't really know anyone that smokes a joint with a filter. Except myself. Well, somebody, um, somebody just gave me a joint the other day, and it had a filter on it. I think I've seen it. Actual filter or just like a rolled paper? Yeah, I don't know. I probably just like a rolled paper, like a little piece of cardboard. Because when I see people rolling it now, they do that. Well, instead of cardboard, then I would use like a paper towel because I can roll it up a lot more, and I think it would absorb way more of the stuff. So is that the whole premise? I thought it was to just give it like a little end that you don't get all soppy. It's a little runny. I feel like that's what it what those are for. But for me, it's mm-hmm. a question of what's going in my my lungs. But who lips the joint anyway? That's like old school, right? Mm-hmm. Is that even? Can you even say that? Lipping the joint. Lipping the joint. I can't that... say I've heard of it lately. I know what you mean, right? But I don't know if I've ever heard that. <laughs> Wasn't term. there a derogatory term like that went with it? I could think. A while of, back. I can imagine. <laughs> Against chicks with DSL. <laughs> DSL. DSLs. DSLs. You know what DSL no. are? Oh my gosh. We have to educate. Please educate me. DSL is dick sucking lips. Gotcha. Right? So big lips. Okay. Um, yep. But don't you think it's weird when you see like, um, <laughs> like these really attractive older women, okay. right? That are in their like maybe mid fifties or something like that, and then they pump their lips up with all of that shit. I hate and it. And it's like. You looked so pretty, and I then it. and it never looks good. Right? Yeah, and now yeah. I haven't seen them look good on it anybody. It doesn't, but then why do they keep doing it? Like how there it's, must be some sort it's of a reward. Mental fucking illness. That's what well, I like. think I think when you <laughs> see just girls with naturally big, pretty lips, like Erin's got big lips. You know, I talk shit to her about that um, sometimes, and I can see that people could look at that and. S- see that as an attractive quality mm-hmm. that you would want right. but it just never looks even when you pump you can't, that shit in uh, there the technology's not there yet you yeah know? they look like lizards with their you yeah know they I mean? just like, get all puffed <laughs> out and um, everything yeah yeah I think um, 
anytime you want to like change your face, it might just be a problem. You know? Well, I think there are some things that think? might. You know, like I got big fucking ears, man. Uh-huh. I wouldn't mind. But would you ever actually these, do that? Though? Drawing these things back. But would a you ever actually well, do I, that? Okay, so here's where I thought about it. Uh-huh. Legitimately, is that one? If I got cauliflower ear, because if I got okay. cauliflower ear, these things would hang off my head like right. satellite dishes. Right. And then two, <laughs> like satellite if dishes. My hair got too thin, and I started losing my hair. Because if I was going to shave really my do it head, though? Do you really think you would do it though? If I was going to shave my head and my ears were sticking out, I probably wouldn't. You would have to grow out a beard. Get as many chicks as if, you know, if my ears were a little bit. Uh-huh. But you know you wouldn't actually do it though, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> we used to uh, in the army. I had a roommate who. It was kind of funny because, like, I was a really motivated field soldier, but I was a horrible um, garrison soldier. Right? I broke I every rule. So garrison is being back at base, Perfect. just doing all your basic what you imagine mm-hmm. soldiers to do mm-hmm. that aren't out in the field training to fight, okay. right? I was horrible. I was the guy who always had to get my fucking, get a direct order to get my hair cut. I would go a day without shaving. I would like wrinkle my BDUs. This is back in the days when we wore BDUs just because they wanted them pressed starched. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I was that guy. I was fucking kind of a bad soldier. But anyway, my roommate that they paired me up with was the direct opposite of me but he was a good field soldier like we were two of the top field soldiers and physical fitness guys we were always training always you know trying to do more push-ups and you know run faster and do that than everybody else so we were really motivated in that regard but they stuck me and him together because they were hoping that his personality was stronger than my personality because they wanted to move me along, yeah, right? They wanted to move me up, yeah. and hopefully he would influence what me if to you be made him bad? the good. So, well, okay. yeah, yeah. So there's only <laughs> so, two. Right? I was, that's, yeah, that's what's but the, see, I can't take credit for that. It's story. just the way yeah. the the story worked. <laughs> but anyway, um, we were like twins, except for he was like my white twin. He was a fucking white ass dude, mm-hmm. and I'm dark and. So people called us the Ears Brothers because his ears stuck out okay. like mine. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, we were both about the same height. I mean, mm-hmm. really similar in a lot of different ears regards. Brothers. <laughs> so, ears Bros. The Ears Bros. Yeah, yeah it was pretty funny. Huh. Anyway, this guy. So I'll just yeah, who became, this. But who became, did he become bad or did you become good? Or like, <laughs> so here's the way <laughs> the story goes. each other out, right? Is it like a magnet? So um, Jeff, again, he was the guy who was slated to be moving along. He was the guy, right? Because he was followed all the rules and was just super motivated to do everything. You know, it wasn't just in the field where I had motivation and, and where I liked that kind of stuff. It was in garrison. He liked to fucking everything. Mm-hmm. And so um, there was a big crew of us that went to Syracuse because we were stationed in Fort Drum, New York, 10th Mountain Division, Light Infantry. And, uh, we're going down to Syracuse. We'd go down there and party and, you know, go to clubs and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. So I went with a different crew. We met them like either earlier or later or something like that. And, you know, we all linked up at this club that we would go to. And so we were getting hammered. And uh, for whatever reason, the guys that I were with, we decided to leave and go somewhere else. And so Jeff and people that he was with, 
um, were staying at the club. But anyway, he got so hammered and he was driving that he crashed into his future wife's vehicle, right? Mm. That's how he met his wife. Really? Yeah. Wow. And, uh, okay. but That's he got a DUI uh-huh. and, you know, our first sergeant had to go down to Syracuse and pick him up. And again, you saw the guy who was on top and I'm the mm. guy who's fucking, you know, always fucking off. I was kind of like the Teflon Don, you know, I never got busted for anything. And when I did, it was really brought down because I was a um, fairly influential soldier as far as morale goes. I would always pull pranks and do shit that was outrageous. And, you know, so it it was good for that type of environment. Um, Jeff's future wife's parents, when they were getting married, right, um, I flew out to New York and they were in the sticks way up north and think uh, outside of Buffalo, because we went to Niagara Falls, which was a few hours away. But anyway, I stayed with their parents for like three days before the wedding, because that was the only flight that I could get in for a reasonable price and Mm -hmm. get everything done, how I needed to get it done. And so when they met me, they're like, we are completely just fucking thrown off because we've heard all these stories about you, Mm -hmm. but I'm staying with them. And, you know, you know, like the big thing for my dad and my mom was for me to have manners and be polite. Yeah, so, you know, cool. I'm super polite. I'm super nice. And, you know, I'm pretty calm composure wise. I've always been that. And so all these crazy stories that they heard, they just couldn't put a face, you know, with those stories. They thought it would mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. some fucking maniac. Um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> when Jeff got busted, right. So he's all passed out on his bunk and I had the top bunk. He's on the bottom bunk. And so we had these big old bars of soap that they would issue us. And so I welded two together with warm water. I just rubbed them and then, you know, like made it one big block of soap. And then I carved this big dick out of it (laughs) and I hung it from the top bunk and it was just dangling right on Jeff's lips. He's all passed out. So we're taking Polaroids of this and, you know, everybody's coming in and fucking watching this, what's going on. And um, so it became this joke called soap dicked right you get soap dicked and it's like you're fucking (laughs) just you know like this thing showed up in so many different places um we had these the actual soap dick the actual the same one yeah (laughs) and you knew you were fucked when you got soap dicked you know what i'm saying people are keeping it somewhere for the next one (laughs) so um it was pretty funny he so he went from star status fuck bottom of the barrel But anyway, the soap dick story continues for a minute. So this thing would be put in people's kits and supplies and shit like that. So we were having this um, sergeant major inspection coming around and inspecting all gear. And so we put it in a uh, medic's bag, Mm. right? And so he's going through his bag, you know, because they want to see everything and have shit laid out. And sergeant major will be calling shit. And he's got this fucking soap dick (laughs) in the bag. And then... Fast forward, you know, so a bunch of those pranks happened where, again, people would find a soap dick, like, attached to their helmet. (laughs) Right? Uh, So, a couple other things. You know, like, we'd stuff it in someone's fucking gear, like, backpack or in their fucking ammo pouches. Yeah, so you just find this fucking soap dick everywhere. That's hilarious. And you saw the van, right? The picture. The van. The van. So I had this van. Yeah, I think you told me about it. But um, anyway, so fast forward to Jeff's wedding and Jeff's dad is kind of, he was like 
old school, conservative, pretty wealthy guy, pretty religious, um, really straight, narrow, by the book kind of guy, right? And um, I'm out there as, you know, like there's two best men, right? So me and another guy, and then all the groomsmen, and these are all fucking soldiers, right? So the first thing that Jeff's dad <laughs> says to me when he meets me, because, you know, we're going to go into Canada that night. He's like, I will pay you money if you guys don't leave, <laughs> you know, because okay. he didn't want us to fucking go get crazy. Because, right. again, yeah. they heard all these stories about me, which, <laughs> you know, it was moderately true. You know, I would say on the downside, but right. you yeah. always kind of want to blow up stories, right? right. So, exaggerate a little bit. Exaggerate them. But anyway, we didn't. We went to Canada, but we didn't get so crazy that night. And uh, his wedding then was—it's in Niagara Falls. It's at this really nice hotel and banquet area, and everybody's in these long fucking like pinstripe tuxes, like yeah. fucking sharp, right? right and yeah. the hotel is just beautiful. This whole like room that we're in's got all this glass and just really nice. Um, and the wedding was, they were Catholic, so it was very, like, Catholic. There was a horse and buggy and, okay, you know, yeah, just... Ceremonial. <clears throat> yeah, it was, right. like, pomp and to the yeah. nines mm -hmm. if you're talking wedding. So the um, priest, right, you know where the podium is, and he's got, I don't know what that collar is. I'm Catholic, too, or, you know, kind of. I was Oh, is Catholic. that right? Okay, I didn't know that. But, you know, that big, long priest fucking... Collar. It looks like yeah. a Oh, yeah. The thing looks like a sash. Yeah. Yeah, 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 uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. So he had it on his, you know, like podium. And so we stuck a soap pick <laughs> under that. Oh right? And so that's lifted. Oh, my God. And all the fucking grooms. Could everybody see it? Or it was only pretty visible. Okay. No, yeah. the whole wedding party could. And uh, the people in the front boy. rows could. Wow. You know, a little bit further yeah. back. You couldn't make that shit out. <laughs> and so, I mean, people are just fucking... Do you like, remember what happened to the like? Oh yeah, the, the everybody's, everybody's reaction is just like, "Holy shit! I can't believe these guys are doing this!" Right? His right. dad was fucking just—you could see him go because he was a really white guy. Uh -huh. So we went from white to, to red. red. To red. <laughs> fucking quick. So the embarrassment. Oh the yeah, guilt for was, wanting to laugh. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved to see like the priest's expression. I know. Yeah, yeah, it was, like, <laughs> so then. We make it through that, right? And it was, it was tough. It was, you know, people just, like, Jeff's busting up and everybody who's in on it, mm -hmm. you know, kind of knows the deal. And um, the his wife was really cool. She was kind of country, you know, um, rednecky. They were, they were pretty simple but really cool people. So they had a good time with it. But it was, you know, everybody it was all the did. Jeff's side of the family, his dad and right. we were flipping the, the fuck out the cultured ones so was that the end of the soap dick like did did you guys lose it did you get it back do you know was that like the... well it, it survived for a few more turns it did okay. yeah okay. and then I don't know uh -huh. <laughs> so anyway someone um, just kept it in the wall somewhere in the buggy <laughs> on a, right on a fireplace so in the buggy when they get into the buggy right there's a blanket on the buggy okay and so um, there's a whole row of people, you know, like you're throwing the fucking rice. I think we're throwing bird seed or whatever the fuck. Because it was that whole getup. Mm -hmm. And so it's like all this graceful beauty, you know, like to the right. buggy. 
And when they fucking move that, there's a soap dick <laughs> sitting on the buggy where everybody can see it. So, um, all right. That's hilarious. Yeah, we make it to the hotel. And um, so there's like a raised platform for the dinner and the bridal and, you know, mm. groom's toast, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah, yeah, wedding yeah. ceremony toast and mm-hmm. all of that. And the napkins were crown napkins. You know how they fold them into that right. shape yeah. and they yeah, yeah. sit up and they're yeah, pretty yeah. tall. Uh-huh. And so, you know, Jeff and his wife, Carrie, I think that was her name, Carrie. Yeah, are sitting right there. And <laughs> so under the crown going. napkins, yeah, yeah. Right. boom, there's yeah. soap <laughs> right there. And, you know, there's now the whole wedding party can see this and right. it's just going... You know, <laughs> fucking downhill. How many fast. in just one? Well, there was one four, right four, Yeah, there was four total four soap sculptures. dick events. Um, That's hilarious. And so then, <laughs> so this other guy, Esparza, he's he's like on the wedding party as well, and um, it's his birthday. Okay, so after all of this stuff, they're like, okay, we're gonna, you know have a special announcement, it's Asparza's birthday, and we wanna do a little celebration, so they brought out a wedding cake, right, for this. And so, the facts of the matter are, you always get your ass kicked on your birthday, at least that's how it was in my day, it might have been just Hmm. our platoon at that point in time, but I know my 21st birthday, I got my ass kicked. They yanked me out of my fucking top bunk and just were pounding on me, so. Nice um, awakening. Yeah. And then we had to go to the field for like three weeks. Lasted three days before we got called to go to Somalia. Or two days. Whatever. But, um, so, where are we? Okay, so the cake, right? It's being brought out. Putting in front of, you know, Esparza. And he's going to blow out the candles, right? And so, I grab his hand and sweep his hand and stuff his head into the cake. And everybody on the team just fucking... Boom! Jumps on him. I mean, you're talking like a very nice hotel with very nice shit. And the cake. And the cake. (laughs) And so they're just pounding his ass, right? Tables are flying, fucking like shit just getting (laughs) destroyed. And so everybody in the wedding party, like the, you know, attendees are just in shock. Like, what's going on with these fucking animals? The, uh... Hotel manager comes running in, screaming, calls us like a bunch of animals, like literally, and kicks us all out of the fucking wedding. Everybody's covered in cake, except for me. I had like a little teeny bit of frosting right on the cuff that, you know, I wipe off. And these guys are fucking covered there, you know, like um, tuxes are covered in frosting and just, you know, it was fucking madhouse. So they finally had to bribe the, um, you know, manager to let us back in. The hotel manager. Yeah, if, if we behaved. And so, you know, we did okay after that. <laughs> just <laughs> and, had to let that part out first. <laughs> just had to get through that. And yeah. then, so at the end of the thing, the next day, they're riding off to the other side of Niagara Falls, right? And he's got this, uh, it was... Um, like a Triumph or one of those British cars that, you know, didn't have the top, you know, it was like one of those uh-huh. little like soft small, top, little uh, teeny ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a Triumph. Shit. I don't mm-hmm. know, but it was, right. it was all polished and, you know, they had it all detailed and mm-hmm. looking nice. And so, you know, <laughs> they go off into 
the fucking car and they're going to drive off into the sunset and tink, 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 car won't start. And so it's like, what the fuck? They're, you know, it like is anticlimactic to this climactic scene. Right. Now, I didn't, I didn't have a role in this part, but it was just kind of how things went. And so they're trying to figure it out. His dad is in there rolling up his sleeves because his dad got the vehicle ready. You know, and so it's one of those ones that has the half, you know, so like there's two like hoods. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And they okay. fold up. Right, okay. and you work on it from right. this side, or you sure. work on it from this side. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Mm-hmm. So his dad's in this nice suit, and he's got his, you know, mm-hmm. fucking sleeves all rolled up, and they're trying to figure it out. And Jeff's out there, and uh, they lift. They they notice that one of the, um, what's it called? Like the rotor cap where all the fucking distributor spark plugs, cap. Distributor cap, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That was the old school thing you could do to make a car not start. Yeah. You just take that. Right? Well, they just lifted one of the, oh, just one. One of the okay. fucking plugs, uh-huh. right? That That's goes all on it takes. To, oh, wow. Well, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so put a soap dick, a little mini, like, <laughs> soap no dick under the what fucking What a nightmare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a nightmare. It was, That's pretty great, though. It was uh-huh. pretty insane. I mean, you won't forget that wedding if you attended it. <laughs> right. Um, and the story continues about you guys. Man. Yeah, it just went on and That's on. That's great though. Sounds like fun. Yeah, it was fun. You know? it was, I've been to some boring ass weddings. Well, yeah. I suppose I haven't been to that many weddings. I remember one that was crazy boring. <laughs> this one was not. This one. This one. Yeah. If you were going to go to weddings for entertainment, this was one of those yeah. weddings that you're like, they lived up to their reputation, mm-hmm. right? Because we had a pretty like in our unit, we were like. Kids your age probably don't know this movie, Animal House, but we were the Animal House of our battalion. I've actually never seen it either. You've never seen Animal House? I've never oh seen it. Oh my gosh. Sorry. All right, you guys have to. This is your homework. You have to watch Animal House. It's one of the early greats. Animal House. I, I have a very long list of movies that I need to this watch. This one needs to be bumped up to the top. There's few that I would say you need to kick into gear, but you'll understand. There's no like Jim I Belushi, Chevy Chase, like who's in that one? Um, Jim Belushi or John Belushi. John Belushi, yeah. And uh, let's see, who else? Yeah, that's that. That's um, shit, man. Mm. Right. There's, yeah, I've never seen it either, though. Yeah. Animal House. Yeah. Animal uh, House. Even though I never went to that kind of a college, but it's that. Oh, it's a call. Okay. Yeah, Party college kind of, of thing. Uh-huh. Just, yeah. It's uh-huh. the first, like, Party, okay. drunk, you know, gotcha. like, yeah, yeah, just kind of like those. I can see why crazy. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. way better than like the American Pies. You know, those were good. I mean, yeah, just, they're pretty good. Uh-huh. But it's you know, it's on a different level because it's like right. the the forerunner to all that stuff. Right. Okay. So, all right, mm-hmm. it's got to be within the top five. Top five. You have to put it on your list. I watch it too. But anyway, so, you know, our company was, so first, you know, our battalion was kind of that of the brigade, and then it broke down from the brigade, you know, our um, battalion was that from the battalion, our company was kind of the animal house of the battalion, and then from our company, our platoon was kind of the animal house of the fucking... Mm-hmm. you know, company, and then broken down into squad, our squad was kind of the animal house of, you know, um, the platoon. And you could even break it down into team, 
say, you know, our team, we were pretty fucking nuts. Mm. So um, you could see why something like that would be, you know, something that would happen. I mean, we, we had some pretty crazy regular shit. Um, mm. That guy, Esparza, he actually sent me a message, I don't know, a few months ago. And he's like, I still think of all the, you know, fucking crazy shit that you did. Mm. You know, because in Africa, I was pulling all sorts of mm. pranks and shit. I got... Mm. Um, a formal letter of reprimand when I should have got, you know, like a, I should have had at least a field grade article 15, you know, not bragging. Something was, worse. Mm. Yeah. It could have been even a court martial cause I threatened an officer I see. Okay. and um, you're not supposed to do that kind of stuff. Like I mm. literally had sergeants holding me back from mm. physically assaulting mm. this guy. Cause you know, he sent us on this like horrible mission and I tried to say something to him, but you know, I'm a private, so um, mm-hmm. was I a specialist? I might have been a specialist at that point. But anyway, it's an E4 rank to an officer. It doesn't mean anything, right? And this guy, like, he didn't want to bust his guys, so he was cool in that regard, but he was one of those guys that was trying to get rank, you know, and wanted to be noticed. And so he would, like, volunteer for missions that maybe would have some merit if they were better planned. You know, I just remember a lot of poor planning and a lot of real, you know, mm-hmm. like even at my level. And, you know, the the difference is when you're just part of a team or a squad or even at a platoon level, you don't really understand the mission scope. You get, you get given a task, right? right. But <clears throat> even some of these missions you could look at and say they have no idea what, the whole scope of this mission is and some of the mistakes that they're making are going to be catastrophic. And so that's what this was. So how did it escalate to you being held back? <laughs> well, so we, we got set on this mission where we were clearing a hotel. And so, you know, these hotels that are along Broadway, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. that might have 30 rooms or something like that. It was something like that, you know, like a two level and, um, you know, just had a bunch of rooms. Anyway, there's holes blown out in these rooms. It's not like a hotel out here, you know. I mean, half the shit is pocked with bullet holes and, um, you know, you got just holes from mm. mortars and fucking... Was there, there was like a revolution going on at the time? Right? It was a it civil was war. A civil right? war. First, and then you... first they were at war with Ethiopia and then they went into a civil war within the country. Mm. Uh, I think Sid... Sid Bear, Sid Bar, however you say his name, was um, the dictator, and Mm -hmm. he was overthrown. And then from that point, Mm -hmm. it just it was like went to chaos. People trying to gain power, a bunch of like yeah, a bunch of clans. Uh So um, there was also a famine that hit at that point in time. Really, wow. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty rough out there. I mean, Mm -hmm. as far as um, Mm -hmm. what it did for me was, I think it made me a little bit more level because. There's a picture that I carry around with me still of this kid. I think I've told this story, right? Who only had like a pair of underwear. That was his only possession. And he was this really dark-skinned black kid. And uh, the thing that always struck me is he was always smiling, right? Had these big white teeth. And um, you saw this kid with nothing who was always happy. And you're like, you know, that stuck with me where it's like, gosh, man, if this kid's got nothing. And, you know, the story surrounding his kind of existence was pretty dismal Hmm. um you know you look at it and you're like oh well shit 
Mm-hmm. If this guy can get through that and be happy, I can fucking deal with my shit. Which I think takes us in a roundabout way to all this woke bullshit that's happening. Because what I think... <laughs> does it I, I think it does. Because, listen, here's the deal. And I agree with several people. I think Jordan talks about this. It's funny. We refer to him as Jordan like I know mm, him. Right. Yeah, yeah Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. But... Well, I do that with all of you. Kind of. Mm. But since we don't really have too many problems, we create all of these fucking problems that really don't exist. You know? And I think that's what this big woke it's movement is about. You know? Activism, I'm noticing... And yeah, realizing everything's activism is there, right? fucking the, the stupidest thing ever. The news are activists. Maybe like how it's being expressed right now is what's so stu- the stupidest thing ever. Because well, now the news people are activists. And everybody's an activist. Everybody's now, an right? activist. But yeah. here's the thing, and I agree with several people on this. Clean up your own fucking house before you try to clean up someone else's. Yeah. Right? If you did that first, we would be in way better shape. But when you look at these activists... I mean, they just haven't done anything, right? And so it's like you haven't done anything, so you're going to try to take up a cause that mm-hmm. has very little, you know, weight behind it. So like and advocating for something that you don't practice. Advocating for something that you don't practice or, or don't that you don't know into, much about. Yeah. I mean, how many people talk about black culture, right? And, they, and you look at, like, the black culture because we've had this huge, you know... Um, fucking crazy in my opinion racist like um convulsion you know where Hmm. we're just now spewing out racism and Hmm. that doesn't exist you know i don't believe that the racism exists like definitely not at the level that but when you look at a couple things one look at how small of a minority i think they say um you know black americans are 13 percent, something like that and look at how much influence they've had in music in fashion in cinema, right? In mm-hmm. sports, you know, sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you're talking massive influences across these huge cultural, um, you know, drivers, right? So as a society, we've embraced, we've embraced them. Um, and I don't think that there's even, you know, people will say, but if you don't recognize it, then that's part of the problem. And it's like, the way that I look at it, it doesn't even matter if it's black or fucking white. It's just, those are big contributors to the culture, right? Mm -hmm. To the way our culture develops. And so when you look at that, one, these activists don't ever talk about that kind of influence. I mean, we've had a black president, right? We've only had like, what, two Catholic presidents? So, you know, it's, it's like... We're trying to compare all of these crazy things. We've never had an Asian president. Right. Or a we've Jewish never, one. We've never had a woman president. Right. So mm. we make this big issue out of a race thing. And it's like, well, the black people have crossed that divide mm-hmm. faster than all these other groups. Mm-hmm. So how can you say they're marginalized? And then you've got all these people, like, like when we had these, uh, the, you know, George Floyd, you know, riots that happened you know, we went downtown to check out what was going on and went down the next day as well, um, or a couple days later. 
And it was funny because you had all of these protesters, right, out in front of the Capitol. And on one side of the street, and these were all the people with the Black Lives Matter signs, they were all the white suburban kids. And literally, I, I shit you not, we drove by it a few times because I'm like, wait a second, I gotta go back and see this to see if this is legit. We got out and walked it, okay? And you had all the white people on one side of the street advocating and you had all the black people on the other side of the street. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's like, so this is supposed to be an inclusion like mm -hmm. demonstration and even yeah. in your inclusion demonstration you've got segregation maybe it's just why do you think that is though because i think what it is is you hang around the known you know you hang out with what you know you're not gonna most people aren't gonna just see a group of other people mm -hmm. that they don't know that aren't like them and walk right. over and just become part of them and then but the reason that they talk about it all the time is like way more complex right like it's the whole thing about including the discluded like the, the the it's about making the marginal the center you know the most marginalized the most different the most freak the most that but making their story just as important as everybody else's story of like you right you, does that make sense sure so um so, because that's what's interesting about it, because it's like obviously things exist this way. Mm -hmm. Everybody discludes, you know. Uh, I heard one guy say a thing like, "If you had a, if you had a group, right? I think his example was kind of, it was like a sewing group, like a bunch of old ladies mm -hmm. like sewing, like a knitting group or whatever. And then someone's like, oh, I want my friend to come in.' And then uh, this new person comes in, and she's like, "Oh, but why don't we go bowling instead, mm -hmm. right?" And so to include her, like, there's only one person that wants to do that. But if you were to include her idea, the whole group gets destroyed. There's no more sewing right. group. Right. Right. So there's some weird thing about that going on. Because it's like, it seems like everybody should know that discluding is how the, everything works. You know, if you want to focus on anything, you disclude what you're not focusing on. Yeah. So obviously disclusion is just like a part of life and so what's weird about it is this idea that that's a bad thing right you know what i mean and that's more complex and hard to like get to why that is and maybe it goes to but like they won't even address that see the problem mm -hmm. is is they won't even address that though mm -hmm. and if there was some critical thought into answering questions like that because those are the types of questions that i i would want to know mm -hmm. It's like, why do you think that everything should be equal? Why do you think that... Right. And the people who are, are saying that, if, if they believe that, they would have to listen to all genres of music equally. Right, all a, artists a, equally. Right, you would game. have to appreciate everything equally. You would have to yeah. be attracted to mm. large people and skinny people. <laughs> You'd have to be attracted to everybody, right? You, you know, You'd have to like all music right. at the same amount all because foods. it's all just as good you can't as everything not, else. You right? not eat meat. A lot of these mm -hmm. people right. that I know are the vegetarian, vegan crowds too. That's exclusionary. Exactly. You would have to eat meat, you <laughs> right. know? And so hmm. it's like, it's so ridiculous if you even look past the layer. In my opinion, it's fucking ridiculous. It's, you know, not even like I've tried to and I was on that side. You know, I was on that left mm -hmm. fucking lame liberal side for a long time. And that's why I'll talk shit about it every day. Um, I believe it's necessary, right? You got to have liberals because liberals bring in the new ideas. Mm -hmm. But 
it's different now. Mm-hmm. It's like you guys are just fucking yes. everything up, you know, for mm-hmm. ridiculous reasons that they just, they don't add up. And if mm-hmm. you take it for what it is, then again, mm-hmm. nobody could follow those guidelines. Nobody could say, well, I got to like all music the same. Right. We got to include the it all. Thing, yeah. So then it becomes, oh, well, what you get to dictate mm-hmm. is important, more right. important than the other. And then yeah. what happens is other people get to dictate that for you. And that to me is what activism is, is they're trying to dictate what's important to no, it's a other controlling people. impulse. Yeah. Right. I, you know, I've been thinking lately how much of it, like I think what's so crazy about it is I think the story is bigger than left, right. It's bigger than Wokistan and Magistan. It's like Eric Weinstein's words. Um, yeah, um, uh, it's bigger than all those things. Mm-hmm. Like, so one aspect I've been thinking about is the internet itself. I heard someone, I heard someone say, is like a postmodern thing. Mm-hmm. because everybody's like if postmodernism a part of it is that all ideas are equal mm-hmm. there is no objective truth um, it's only the maps we put on stuff we the constructive the deconstructionist philosophy mm-hmm. is like you know they deconstruct gender they deconstruct right so but how do you maintain like a tradition exactly they're anti-tradition mm-hmm. and you know and I'm you know I'm even starting to think that they they confuse whiteness with modernity like the modern thing is secularism, it's um, value of the individual, it's um, scientific, um, it's like the reason is, is king, no spirituality that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things that they want to blame whiteness on is actually just like the state of what being modern is right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think they like, they, mi- they mix... They mix those things. So it's like really a bigger issue. It's almost like something that's happening to all of us. So so what I mean about the internet is it's like everybody's opinion at some level is equal mm-hmm. in the same way that like everybody's view of the world, like, you know, what we were just talking about a minute ago, like the marginalized, even their view is, is well, just as important as everything else. Well, and, do you think so? Because like, here's the thing. If I send out a tweet and I don't have a, a mm. Twitter account, um, <laughs> but right. But Go on, yeah. if I did, and Joe Rogan mm-hmm. did, right. well, his message carries way more weight. Than so mine. I'm not saying, yeah. So obviously, you know, you, there's ways to get but more and less has attention. The opportunity to yeah, but so or, that's or even just got the opportunity. Yeah. In, but I don't think it's like a meritocratic thing. Uh, like I don't think the truth is getting out there. I think we're getting more confused. Yeah, we're getting more. You know, because everything and now even the news. Maybe it was good. I don't know if that's true. People say it was good and has been destroyed. Yeah, maybe it was always like that. I don't really know, but it's like that. It's, and nobody trusts anything uh-huh. because rumors are said to be facts. Facts are said to be rumors. Right. You know what I mean? And so meaning, you know what I mean? This meaning crisis thing that like Jordan talks about and other people talk about also is the fact that we can't even derive any meaning out of what the world is like anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you're on, everybody's on the screen all the time. So there's no like confirming your beliefs about the world against like objective reality. Mm-hmm. It's only like you're just looking into the world and like getting answers and just picking, I like this answer and I like this answer. Mm-hmm. And it's, so all I'm saying, I don't really understand this idea. It's just something I've been thinking about is it's what's going on might be just like way bigger than we think it is. Sure. Like, like, and it's like happening to us all. It's not, 
any side against any other. Those those power th- those things are happening. It's manipulating you know? us. Yeah, it's like yeah. something like that. That's like yeah, and we're all like falling into it. And it's like as I've been saying before in some of these podcasts, I feel like it's a natural result of like, for instance, not having religion anymore. Mm-hmm. Like because of that, then these things are going to happen. I mean, we've had religion forever mm-hmm. until 200 you could say since the renaissance maybe it started mm-hmm. to break down or something like that mm-hmm. and then forever cavemen you know they find with like well, like and, a skull with like a you know this is what I mm-hmm. is that that's inevitable mm-hmm. but like the um, like conservatism is what we've talked about the beacon the you know lighthouse the flag that gets us back and so I think what that does is being able to grab onto that slows the mm. shift down. Mm. And if you slow the shift down, then I think you get evolution. Mm. And you'll still then have religion that might start to take a different shape because religion has been in existence for, mm. you know, pretty mm. much the beginning of time or beginning of people. Yeah. And um, I think you could carry that even further with the technology age, right? It, having some sort of religion that has to do with technology. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, but it's got to evolve. That. It mm-hmm. can't steamroll. And I think what's happening with all of this woke stuff and all of this division like that is that we're being manipulated into steamrolling this faster, right? And we uh-huh. won't be able to adjust and, to that. And I think, yeah, part of it's though that it's like we we dissect and deconstruct everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we can build a new religion. But on a surface that, level. Maybe on, I'm being pessimistic. Yeah, but, but not even mm. on, a, on a deep level. If people actually dissected things, that would be constructive. What they do is they, they not dissect. They take a fucking shaving of a piece of it that can fit some sort of mm. narrative or mm-hmm. idea yeah. that they might believe. Like cherry in. picking, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. and... Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm not really get into the depth of what the issue is. I, mm-hmm. That's what I think. Because the more that you get people to think about something, the better off you're mm-hmm. going to be with it. And, you know, the reality is, is you can't think about too many things that deep because you just don't have... Right, again, you got to discriminate. That, yeah, right. that time. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, I don't know. So I've just been thinking about that, that. Some of these things are, like, way bigger than... Like, because I, I found myself... I, I fell into the trap. Mm-hmm. 2020 was, like, a fucking whirlwind you know yeah and i found myself going through all these things like like realizing what maybe america is i found myself getting because of everybody attacking it Mm -hmm. in the past i was always like you know anti-authority anti yeah yeah, i mean i was just like that i just never listened i never watched the news i never that's american you know what i'm saying Uh, it's all american when you enjoy Uh, it like that right that's what we did that's how we so but so for the first time i found myself having some patriotism. I was uh-huh. like, what is that? You know what I mean? And then I found, I don't know, I just went through a lot of things, uh-huh. you know, and I found myself like getting on sides and I didn't like that. You mm-hmm. know, I started to find myself like reacting like everybody else is reacting. Mm-hmm. You, like you see this pattern, like, like Dr. Seuss happens mm-hmm. and then everybody on the right like says the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I do have a problem with Dr. Seuss and like what happened. Mm-hmm. I hope I have some nuance about it, but I still found myself kind of like doing the same thing everybody else is yeah. doing. And I'm like, eh, I don't well, want to like, just like, but you know, here's I mean, the fall thing. into some trap right. like you, that. You, you don't want to fall into a trap. But I think that my opinion, 
is that sides do need to be drawn at some point. Okay. And at some point, you have do have to right. stand up for uh, things that you right. believe. I was talking right. to one of the the girls in here who's pretty fucking powerful now as a female. Um, and I was asking her why she still supports all that woke fucking female bullshit, right? And, you know, that women's empowerment and, you know, this... In my opinion, this is in my opinion how it works, and we've talked about this, where I think women are strong. I think women have a tremendous amount of power. But this movement, instead of focusing on what, what the women's have, strengths they are, frame the it weak, right, exactly. tries to it, level the playing field by reducing what men are, okay? Right. Yeah, to yeah, a yeah. level then that there's a competition. And I think, yeah. to me, that's just fucking bullshit. Yeah. And so I was asking this person why they still support that. And so we talked about it and then they talked to me later and they're like, you're right. I don't support it. And the, the, I didn't say you should be an activist and stand up against it. I just said that when instead of just going along with people, because if you just go along, then you reinforce those ideas if you believe something different. And if you're in a better place now than you were because of things that are very much opposed to that woke side, then why wouldn't you say, this is the things that helped get me here. This mindset helped separate me and get me to a place that I really feel good about myself and that I'm confident. And, you know, um, and so she talked to me a little bit about it later and said, you're, you're right. I shouldn't follow along because then you reinforce these fucked up ideas. Um, and so I do think it doesn't mean that you have to be the most extreme person on the side, but I do mm -hmm. think at some point you got to pick sides. Well, and I, I find I've tried myself, to toe the line, mm -hmm. but it's, it's a hard thing. I find it, yeah. myself knowing what I definitely don't like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I can definitely say, for instance, I think anti-racism is like a new racism. Mm -hmm. There's things like that that I can say, but. I also don't, I don't know, me and my girl have been talking about this. This is good. This thing about like being against stuff, mm -hmm. you know, the anti-fascist, the anti-racist, the, you know, I mean, there's something to, to me, I was thinking that that's like a really low, like goal or value mm -hmm. to be like anti something. Cause everybody who has, I'm going to make it a hierarchy of a better view, <laughs> a more encompassing view, um, uh, all, of course thinks that fascists are bad like duh you know what i mean and but down here that you know this is like this important thing you know what mm -hmm. i mean so this whole thing about being anti like can you be um it seems like there it, it makes sense that there's things to fight for and that things are good and then i battle with my own ability to interpret the world of of which is is mm -hmm. right you know what i mean and i'm not confident about that all the time about and so i would never be an activist because i'm like recognize my own ignorance therein <laughs> uh, you know, lies the problem you know yeah, yeah clean up your own house first you clean mm -hmm. up your house and then and i believe that and i yeah. can say i believe that but so this this thing about being for or against mm -hmm. you know i don't know i guess i just need to think about it more but it seems like I mean, if you're if you're for something, does that mean necessarily you're against its opposite? You know what I mean? Like, well, I I think you've got to. I I think what has to happen is people have got to stop looking at the 
smaller issues within the bigger problems, right? Mm -hmm. And to me, this is what first should be addressed. And then from there, you clean up the, the smaller issues. And that is, in my opinion, this is what's going on, is there's a side that wants to retain the ability to clean up their own house and improve from that point. The other side is trying to take that opportunity away and saying, we're going to clean up your house for you. We're going to tell you how to clean it up, right? And, and so to me, when you look impossible. at it like that, it's, it's, absolutely, it's never worked. It's never, right. ever worked They're in all the history right. of mm -hmm. those attempts. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that becomes the first issue. And when that has been resolved, then I think we say, okay, well, down here on page 400, let's address the trans issue. You, you know what I'm saying? Because the trans issue is such a small issue. Like, I don't but know. But it's not like a logical thing, you know, like there's what's happening is not correct. Like uh, it's yeah, there's, it's, it, it does feel like something's happening to us. Mm -hmm. You know, well, that's that again, that change that's happening, that's steamrolling. They want to change this, change this, change this, change this all at one time or completely destroy you know, look at mm -hmm. what they're trying to do with just the gender meme. They're just yeah. trying to make it so and it is a, that there is no him or her. Right. And it's really emblematic. I'm mm -hmm. thinking that it's more and more important than, you know, than they act like. Because they act like, oh, what's it matter? Like when you ask them, they're like, why? Just ask people their pronoun. Right. When you meet them, just write it down. They're a zer. This person's a they. Mm -hmm. They're a she, her. Just, I'll be honest. Like, I've always had a hard time remembering that. It's have just, you tried to do that? Have you known people that like have yeah, asked? Yeah, I, I okay. have known and people that went by okay. they. And like many? In, uh, in, a few. Uh -huh. like, Is this in America? Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I always have a hard time. Remembering? And do they ever my, get mad at you like that you said the wrong one or they remind you? or? I, I think it really depends. They Usually they haven't, they weren't mad with me, but... Mm -hmm. It's just awkward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean this with the most, like... Yeah, we don't want to be disrespectful I, I'm not being to anybody. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. just, mm -hmm. it's really hard. I I personally have a hard time because my 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 brain sees the physical appearance of someone. Mm -hmm. And it just... And, yeah, so... and, and so I, what I'm saying is I think it's more important than than that they're saying. Because they're saying, oh, just remember pronouns. Mm -hmm. It's not a big deal. There's no such thing as gender. Let's, de let's get beyond it. Let's get past mm -hmm. it. And I'm thinking more and more that it's a really emblematic point. Like, like meaning what? Meaning that it's actually the male-female dynamic is actually really important. Yeah. You know, and... You know, because I, you know, we watched Jordan Peterson go through the whole thing about the language, and and I get that part. Like, what happens is you explode the uh, category, so it destroys the category. Mm -hmm. As soon as you make it into like a continuum and you add all these different things, all of a sudden the category doesn't even exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And in this case, mm -hmm. though, it's got a ripple effect, right? Because it's not; it won't just stay with that. It'll affect exactly. So and they want to other... deconstruct everything, yeah. mm -hmm. and. So, and then again, the Abigail Schreier stuff, she said things like, uh, if I could remember the stats, they're nuts. And, they're, and it's mostly females that are turning 
that feel like they are males, mm-hmm. right? So it's mostly female, young girls, right? So she made a good point. So it's like, it's crazy, the percentage. Oh, here it was. I remember one. It used to be one in 10,000 that had gender dysphoria. That was mm-hmm. how they used to categorize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's two in 100, yeah. right? Um, and they're mostly girls. And um, one interesting point was um, that if, so the, the idea is that culture has, freed itself up mm-hmm. to be open and inclusive enough mm-hmm. that the natural percentage of transness would just express itself. Mm-hmm. That's what they would think, right? But what's really going on is it's all girls, and yet trans used to be mostly men. Okay. So you would think that there would be all these boys that would, you know what I mean? Right. But there's obviously a different trend happening. And then also the fact that all the older trans people... Um, there hasn't been like all these older people coming out of the woodwork being like, oh, finally, now I can say I'm trans. It's like mm-hmm. all, it's this giant percentage of young people. Right. It's young like, girls like in their fad. 15s. It is a fad. Yeah. And she mentions how um, that young women have always been susceptible to fads. Mm-hmm. That, but this yeah. is what would be cool. Okay, yeah. so you saying that I had this pretty cool idea, right? Bear with me for a second. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So <laughs> you've got all of these young girls, right? So let's, what's the age, like 11 to 15? Is yeah, that sure. what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, Influential? 17, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, you're saying that they identify they more be even with younger. being male. <laughs> a lot of people talk about six or seven. Perfect. Fantastic. <clears throat> so this would be my, um, what did that fucking guy that ran Paul or that, that girl that ran Paul um, in you know was oh, the talking one that's to in the Senate the uh, yeah, that's the trying to be the yeah she's the lady the right. trans lady who's trying to be like a health secretary or right. you know assistant whatever yeah um, uh, so she called it like I, I gender medicine that. right or something that. like that she called it what gender medicine or trans medicine okay but she's trying to call yeah. it medicine so here's right. then here's my that's right. that's the contribution argument. to this medicine right okay. that would help women make this transition okay and it would be good for them. Okay, so we're saying that they want to be more male. Get them the fuck into jujitsu and martial arts. Make them badass fucking chicks or dudes or whatever they're identifying as. And then when they get old enough and figure life out, they'll have some kick-ass fucking skills. They'll be sharp. They'll be strong. And then if they're truly trans, fucking A. They're going to have some wicked skills as a trans. They did something that's predominantly more male. And it'll help them along being that. And if not, their girls who were going through a fad didn't take any hormone drugs, didn't get too derailed and develop no. some kick-ass skills. And yeah. fucking yeah. problem solved. Let's do this. <laughs> what do you think? Is that, is that a good I idea mean, or what? Any excuse to do jujitsu, I guess, yes, is good enough. See? There you go. Yeah, well, Be like getting these young girls into doing that. Yeah, yeah. Anything that's like a good, a practice, a sense of discipline, anything like that. Give them male things like that. Put them in wrestling things. Okay, you know, put them in these things that are very male. That's interesting, and you could be like, at least you could say, try it out. Do you ever wonder if all of what is happening is like a phase of humanity? You know, like we go through these. I do think so. Uh Yeah, yeah. That's Um, that's why I think that's what led us into this whole thing from mm. that. African, mm-hmm. you know, that Somalian kid mm-hmm. is because my opinion, and I share this, you know, not because it's my like idea because I, you know, um, have taken it from someone else, 
but that's that we don't have hard enough things to do in our society, so we create these Mm-hmm. Yeah, these crazy it's an issues. Interesting, that, like dynamic, know. right? Like maybe the the Steven Pinker stuff, all the all the graphs that show how good life is now. Yeah. The violence is down. The poverty's down. The everybody's eating. Everybody, you're right. Yeah. The material, especially all the material stuff. Famines are down. Uh, you I know, mean, it's the information everything. age. But at the same time, like you're saying, we're having problems. Yeah. Like if you look at those stats, you're like, oh, everything's great. But it's almost like then there's like this opposite trend happening where people are like less happy, less That's healthy, why, less. So that right. is my whole thing with moving too fast. We're not evolving with the changes. That's why progressives need to slow the you, fuck down. You We're going that direction. It's going so right. fast. Slow like it down. Slow it down. Right. Pull it's it crazy. back. But you I don't think, retain. I, I don't know if you can. Like sometimes. Well, I think that's the side that ultimately has to be chosen. And when we talk about those sides, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think at some point, that you has, can slow it down. I think if there's a strong enough weight on this side, I, I think what conservatives got to realize is that it's inevitable. Things are going to change. Mm-hmm. But I think what conservatives' roles should be is to slam those brakes on, bring it way down. But but maybe like in the past, controlling the other in a way. Well, and and then evolving, and then evolving. That's the idea. One is the one is the one that creates new life, and the other one's like hold up. These things back in the day yeah, work really well. All these old things work. (laughs) You know, before we create new life, let's live a little. But it's crazy how much some mm. of the old fundamentals yeah because those things work the reason why we have them is they work so it's how um, we got here <laughs> exactly right what i wonder though is nothing's ever moved at the speed that it's going now it's like you know it's that fucking have you ever heard of you know terence mckenna's idea about the doubling of there's a few different versions of this like uh robert anton wilson called it the jumping jesus phenomenon that every Every certain amount of time, there's twice as much scientific information. This one guy did like a study. I don't know how he would actually, but he would think of how many inventions have been made, you know, and then, you know, to have exactly that many, how long would it take to double that? Mm -hmm. And it's been doubling, doubling, doubling. And he predicted to the point that now it's like every year, you know, Mm -hmm. back then he was thinking that. Yeah, I've heard that. And then Terrence McKenna had this idea that 2012 would be like, (coughs) things would speed up so fast that everything is happening at once. That there would be well, like a lot of people well, have access to information and things that they can yeah use. yeah yeah and uh and if you think about how many ways that's expressed you know like how fast we drive how fast we walk talk our lives how many things we do every day you know this time is speed it seems like it's speeding up you know you could mm-hmm. say it seems like biases like oh we watch the news and we have all that so we're like see all this information but maybe even that creates like a a, a feedback effect where we like see all that stuff and then we i don't know so my thought is it seems like that that hold back conservative um the thing that slows things down I don't even know if it can anymore mm-hmm. and it's like it's, things are just gonna like you know and then people's idea that things are dangerous now now yeah. we have like nuclear weapons and well that's what I think that might people have to be the <laughs> you know that might be the answer that happens not because it's the answer that we want but that happens is something catastrophic that slows everything down I mean if you keep going so fast something catastrophic is gonna happen is that going to be the reset? I mean, is that going to be what slows it down, puts on the brakes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. 
Yeah, so that's that's the opposite of the argument from what's known. Like people, there's a few of these like futurists that are like crazy positive, and, and it's good to hear them. I think. Yeah, that's I think one so. thing is because everybody's so fucking negative. Uh-huh. America's racist and the world's terrible. You know what I mean? But there's really so many great things that are happening that you don't even realize. Like if you see some of the stats in this one book that he has, it's nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, well. I mean, we get to do shit that we want to do. I mean, I was snowboarding yeah, on Monday. Right. I'm going to go snowboarding on Friday. It's like, right. you know. And everybody wants to be like an artist or yeah, they want to follow. We've got they, it you know. so good. It's, that's something that's really hard for me to understand is, I don't know, how good we've got it and how yeah. like fewer and fewer people are taking advantage of it. And our gratitude and our health. Yeah. Again, mental health mm-hmm. and everything's like going down at the same time yeah which is you know seems backwards what is your take (laughs) (laughs) okay we're putting on on the spot (laughs) my take yeah i don't know i just think it's a wave do you think it's a big wave do you think this wave is gonna last for a very long time and come crashing down like, is it a tsunami wave? Is it like the fucking wave that wiped out, you know, like, where was that in Thailand, that whole... In India, no, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's a pretty big wave. Oh, fuck. I don't know. I'm just... That's what it feels like. It feels it like does. it's a lot it of a lot of stuff. It's getting out of control. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like sometimes with that, that... I'm good on that too. We live in a little, uh, at least I do, in like this little sanctuary. You know? I mean, I get to roll with you guys all the time, going mm-hmm. up snowboarding, you know, like, I mean, smoking weed. I think what it is, you know, if I could try this on, like, I think what it is is a sanctuary of your mind, mm-hmm. right? I think. You're maybe, I don't know, I can't tell because I'm not in your mind, but I think that what you have built mm-hmm. can really like work for you that way. I feel like I lack that. Like that no matter how good my life is, that my mind lacks the structure that allows me the gratitude and the, the, the like, so when I imagine things breaking down, like the shit going bad, I imagine... I don't know if I have the foundation to like withstand it. You know I mean, I don't have a tradition. I don't have a, you know, there's some family, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I have like a few people, you know, and, and maybe I've built some things in my own mind to, to have, you know, but yeah, I don't know. So that, that's how I've been feeling lately that I like lack that structure to have that sanctuary. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm still doing cool now. Like 2020 wasn't a big deal, but come on. Like I, it didn't touch me like it did some people, you know what like, I mean? Like, you know, losing my house, yeah, or, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like some yeah. shit like that, you know? So, but, so what I've been thinking a lot about lately is, is that sanctuary. I like how you put that, like a sanctuary that, that what I need is one, it, me, I need, I need to be, that thing and then and then of course sorry, this the stuff that it's around me will like be built that way mm-hmm. you know like i could have that even you know with my students you mm-hmm. know i got 30 families that i'm like around mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and and yet you know i don't know yeah community i still have like a hard time being in one 
you're participating in it, you're right, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's so many structures. Again, maybe 2020 was like making me just like think about all this stuff that I like, I don't know. So I, I worry that I wouldn't be able to like have that sanctuary in myself. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, and it seems like you've built a pretty good one for yourself or even that like your inclin- you know, sense of that positivity that you're able to have. You know, I don't know if that's natural or if it's things that you've, you know, been able to build in your own mind. But that it's like that kind of thing, you know, I feel like um, can can help, you know, you have that sanctuary. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I well, I mean, because you got to work with what you got. I think. You do. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Has it ever, ever affected you like? looking at what other people might have and or you know or have and being like shit you know i don't have that and so my place is inferior Mm. i mean i've definitely (laughs) compared myself to other people which by the way they're trying to tell you now to not compare yourself to anyone Mm -hmm. um but never to the point of feeling like i felt inferior Mm -hmm. I mean, if I did, I probably changed something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, okay. So, of course, I do that. And so, of okay. course, I'm kind of doing that right now. Yeah. I see your point. Um, and the health... <laughs> and the, <laughs> and the, the good way to go about like, it. like, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullshit. I was making a point. Right. And the good way to go about it would be, of course, to see things in others that you then want in yourself yeah but to not compare yourself and be like oh i suck in comparison to that right and then right you use Mm -hmm. your place as your Mm kind of catalyst right okay so without comparing myself Uh to to you in this respect i've just been thinking about lately that aspect of you know um having something strong built in myself to withstand what some shit might go down. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking that. I'm having that thought a lot. But I mean, I mm-hmm. think comparing yourself to others is important. If done in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. not in an envy way. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, maybe a little envy is good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because then maybe that can give you a motivator. Like, yeah. gosh, mm-hmm. you know, that person's mm-hmm. got... It can right. expose you, you know, to that. 30 free days a year that they get to do whatever they want mm-hmm. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's funny because I look at, um, I try to look at different things in people. And um, like with you, it's interesting because you're good at painting, you're good at music, you're good at jujitsu, you know, you're good at martial arts. You pick all that shit up pretty quick. And uh, doing the comparisons, I sometimes, when I look at people like that, I'm like, well, fuck, man. I wonder if. I was like, I don't think I'm that good in any one area, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so this, yeah, this comes either. into a, a position that I find myself in is that I'm good in all the areas that I get into, like snowboarding, I'm good and mountain biking, I'm good and everything that I do, I'm good at, but I'm not like good beyond that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I look at where people really get into shit and I'm like, mm-hmm. we've talked about that. If I really, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, but I don't know if I could really like, I don't know if for me, you know, 
be the best really at one applying thing. myself into that mm. carries my interest. You know, mm. it's like I, I like to because I see how it extrapolates to all the other things mm. that I do. Right. But then I do all those other things and yeah. not just. I feel that way, too, that. that I need a few things rather than yeah. just one obsession. And that because of that, I'm, I'll never be as good at one thing. Mm-hmm. But um, right. But that's, I don't know, some kind of a choice. Right? You're not a one thinger either, are you? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do we know any? Do you know anybody who's a one? I do. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. My, I do. I mean, I feel like I don't know. Like my dad. I know a few musicians is. that are like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. Yeah. They're watching TV and they're fucking got their kick drum pedal. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what you but, know. It's it's an obsession, right? And I think that that's healthy. But I, this is what I see. The people that I've known that are like that, mm-hmm. what I've seen with them is that they typically have um, other counterpoint issues that it's very debatable if you'd want to, at least from the way that I look at life, carry those things to mm-hmm. possess that skill. Mm-hmm. You know, it, right. sometimes that baggage is pretty heavy. And, um, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't right. know. I, I thought that too. Yeah. It's hard to tell if that's true. You know uh-huh. what I mean? If, you know, if because you're obsessed, then you have like some imbalance because it's only yeah. one thing rather than a balance of things. Right. Um, but then it's very exclusionary, right? You're going to exclude people, <laughs> right? That aren't into jujitsu or uh-huh. aren't into right. music because you got to yeah. spend more time around people that are going to help you right. musically. And mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you might have diverse groups within that. You might right. have. Mm-hmm. the actual musicians and then the people who just mm-hmm. are really are into listening to music and you know mm-hmm. you might right. still be within that but you're still going to be exclusionary you're not going to hang mm-hmm. out with probably a bunch of basketball players <laughs> you know right that is interesting the people you know tend to be people that do similar things that you do yeah yeah and that's yeah. what takes us back into this whole race thing right and this is again what i think it's very simple and then I think it's very complex, right? And we kind of talk about that. To know the one is to know the 10,000. To know the 10,000 is to know the one. But when you talk about, like, um, the... Uh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. Mm, God, race, man. you were going back to race and stuff. Yeah, we were talking about race. Exclusion. The simplicity, exclusion. Mm. Okay, so groups, right? How mm. um, when you look at oh, yeah, was the, groups, the groups yeah. that you're going to align yourself mm. with, you know, mm-hmm. that's this whole black and white and mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. In the army, the black guys predominantly hung out with black guys. There was mm-hmm. one black guy who listened to Iron Maiden mm-hmm. and he was kind of an outcast to right. the other black so guys. So it's really because he, you culture, know, right? It's, cause right. He, right? It's culture more but than... still he hung out with the black guys more. Okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? I'm just... right. He was an outcast. He was the drift. He drifted yeah, over to that side more than others. That yeah. was the deal, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's just the way it was. It wasn't a good thing, bad thing. I mean, black guys still hung out with white guys, but mm-hmm. when you talk about where the fallback is, that's the fallback mm-hmm. is to your known group, the people that you associate with. Mm-hmm. Um, the people and then, that then you people people with. like overgeneralize too, because even you know I've heard some people argue about like the black experience or whatever and really you have you got a bunch of black dudes from the islands from Jamaica and right. Haiti and shit right. and they all hang out together 
Yeah. They're kind of exclusionary of other, you know, sure. black people. Right. And you got you got a guy who's like a millionaire athlete. You got a dude in the in Compton. Yeah. You know what I mean, they're like all different experiences. But you're not going to so. have like a black doctor's kids just in general, you know, that's going to nice schools and mm -hmm. stuff like that, yeah. hanging out with right. some uh -huh. gangbangers because he's yeah. black. Right. He's going to hang out. With mm. his no, you mm. know, I mean, and then, and then it's like maybe learning to be okay with culture. Like yeah. it's okay that cultures are different. You know, I mean, there is a white culture, I guess you could. Sure. There is a black culture. That's why they would well, but hang think out of together how many, in the army. Right? Think of how many cultures are within those cultures. Exactly. Like you said, right, yeah. you got the maybe mm -hmm. islander, you know, black mm -hmm. people. You've got or like Jewish white people, right. for instance, like Orthodox fucking. Right. They have like, but you know, but <laughs> let's, you know we can even yeah. stereotype and say, you know, country folk, redneck folk. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. mountain. I heard, folk. Uh, you know, James Lindsay was on uh, Braver's Angels. Braver, Braver Angels. You ever listen to that guy? John Wood, huh. he's pretty dope. Yeah. John Wood, yeah, he's a he's a conservative. He's a black dude, and 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 Braver Angels, crazy smart. Like that's mm -hmm. obviously more important. But is they bring like a person on the left, a person on the right to like talk. That's like mm -hmm. the whole show, you know. So even on uh, the Capitol thing, they had people that were like there, like to talk about it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a cool thing. But so he had James Lindsay on, and James was making the point. Like in the same way you have like um, like street level like uh, black culture, there's a similar thing like it with Appalachian white culture. Mm -hmm. And he said he was like from there. And like people, you know, make fun of you for being smart, for instance. Right. Yeah. Um, and that there's like a similar thing. It's like a really similar thing. They're poor as fuck. It's dangerous. He was like, you don't want to go around there at night. You get shot. Yeah. You know, like all the similarities between those two states. And then to me, I just thought that was interesting because that transcends black and white. Because then you have two, a black and a white population experiencing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So that means the thing they're experiencing isn't just racial. Right. I mean, it may be. I mean, that's it. So that's the other hard part about everything that's going on, too, is that there is some to give the devil his due stuff, you know, because at the same time that I agree that all this stuff is bullshit and I'm, I'm so fucking tired of the way things are, are going with all that talk. Um, there is still, you know, uh, you know, there's still way more black people in prison and like all that mm -hmm. kind of shit. And maybe the, the reason why might be wrong that people are saying, and the, the, the solutions might be wrong that people mm -hmm. are saying, but there is a thing. Yeah. And sometimes, but I don't see, yeah. but here's the thing though, okay. with that, mm -hmm. right? If we look at it racially, we get nowhere with it. We should look at the prison system and fucking mm -hmm. say, That's what I'm saying. The prison solutions reform and the why. Yeah. needs to happen. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And for sure. you, it's you prisons look at, are nuts. Right. Yeah. You got to look at, Prison one being it's a money making industry. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and why, you know, and God, the things that it's crazy that anybody even uses the word reform or to reform a, a prisoner. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. that's what they're there for mm -hmm. is bullshit. Mm -hmm. You're right. They're making them worse criminals. Right. You know, they're torturing. Them, I mean, they could know? legitimately have prison reforms. Yeah. Like legitimately. Yeah. Right. Make that person contribute to society in some way. Um, encourage yeah. them to educate, you know, fucking, yeah, pick up a trade, become educated. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, let them like they had a program a while back where they were letting them um, like raise dogs, you know, like. Uh, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, fucking, you know, foster dogs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's that dope. was a really beneficial program. That makes sense. Yeah. But then uh -huh. 
people take it away because it's like, oh, they're mm-hmm. prisoners. It's like, well, yeah. you know, not all prisoners are the same. You and, know? That's, and that's, you know, right. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The guy who's in there for fucking, you know. Murdering 10 yeah, people, you're going to have it. Like, different than, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, the and that, guy and who that's what's a couple so, ounces of weed. And that's what's so, again, frustrating about the activist stuff is whenever you look at any problem deeply, mm-hmm. you realize how how complicated it is is insane Mm -hmm. and to act like you have any answer is ridiculous Mm -hmm. because you just prison reform if you like really went through in detail what it would take and what would work and i mean and and i think what happens is things work on a small scale Mm -hmm. you'll have like one dude gets a bunch of middle schooler black people in the fucking you know in the ghetto to to do like college level math mm-hmm. right like you got that one guy but then once they try to like institutionalize whatever his method was and it like gets bigger it changes mm-hmm. and it doesn't work the same way yeah. you know what i mean so it's like it's just so hard to solve any problem well that's so that goes back to fucking expanding government right because you know here's the thing you give too many people too much power, shit just doesn't get done. Whether it's based on intentional corruption or just because the more, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when you talk about it on that level, yeah, when you when you deal with things on a more personalized level, you get shit done. And that's the whole mm. premise behind yeah. the, at least the foundation of conservatism is you bring it in smaller. Because mm-hmm. you can control smaller mm-hmm. groups. You can control cleaning up your house first. You can mm-hmm. control yeah. getting your shit done first. And if you can do that, then you've proven that you can help other people get their shit done. But until you do, I don't think you can be an activist. I don't think you've earned it. It should be something that you earn. Oh, your shit's in order? Fuck. Step mm-hmm. on up. We need some good ideas. We need people mm-hmm. who've gotten shit yeah. done. But your shit's not in order, and yet you're telling people what they should do. I mean, how many people are going to be yelling about this shooting and saying that it was, you know, one, they're going to call it an assault rifle or, you know, um, what else do they call it? it? Machine guns and all of these fucking things. They don't understand anything about it. (laughs) Yeah. But they don't understand anything about it, but yet they're going to have a voice. I think it's, I think it's prideful, honestly. Like I'm, I'm coming to this conclusion, like to, to act like um, you know the answer and the problem and it's not you, it's someone else. Mm-hmm. That's prideful, right? It's like, you know, recently I saw a friend of mine posted, which, which is it, the, the Solzhenitsyn quote about the line of good and evil being drawn on every person's human heart or whatever, mm-hmm. right? You heard that one? Um, yes. Yeah. Um, Meaning that good and evil is really inside you, yeah. not on, in other people, that kind of yeah. a thing. Um, and this has happened to me on social media, and I saw this happen to a friend where he posted something, you know, some quote. And then some, like, Antifa type is, like, gets offended by it, mm-hmm. gets triggered, <laughs> right? And, and the reason is because is they know it's true. Uh-huh. And they, what's at least part of what's happening with all the activist stuff is these people want to say that they're evil. They're the fucking problem. Yeah. And they can't, they won't look at themselves. They're yes. lying to themselves about that they're the problem. We're all the fucking problem. Right. Clean right? up your own house. Yeah, right. Get control mm-hmm. of that shit. Yeah. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. that is the real solution. And that's the solution 
that's been the American experiment, you, you know, and it's worked. I mean, we're the best country in the world when you look at the scope of what we are. I mean, sure, people could say, well, you know, I'd much rather live in this place. But no other place has the same influence, has the same cultural diversity, has the same opportunities, et cetera, et cetera, right? Resources. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the answer, is improving yourself, being able to start from there. And once you do that, which is fucking work, man. I mean... That's the other thing. They don't want to do the work. That's, yeah. why, that's why you avoid it, because you know it's fucking work. When, when I look mm -hmm. at myself from the outside, I'm like, holy fuck, you got like a task ahead of you, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel that way? <laughs> like... I have a task ahead of me. Yeah, like just reining yourself in, just like trying to, you know, get mm -hmm. control over your shit. Right. I, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, yeah. it's a fucking. It's the task, <laughs> yeah. right? Isn't it like the only thing to do? Like I, I fall into that negative shit. That's one of my tasks. Is that stuff every fucking day? Just wham, you know, like negative shit. My mind starts thinking negative shit, and. I have things that I do to like, you know, help myself rein that in, mm -hmm. right? Like I can't sleep in. I cannot sleep in. Mm -hmm. like, boom, fuck at five o'clock, hey, five a.m. up. You know, I gotta work out. I gotta, I gotta do something meaningful. You know yeah. what I mean? I gotta take care of my shit. I can't have a mess. All those things will like, you know, and so I, I have to like prop my life up with all these fucking, yeah. you know what I mean? Like uh, scaffolding. That's what I need. To you do. know? Yeah. Yeah, but it's still like a serious challenge. I still, you know, have a hard time getting it right, you know. And then and then you look at your life and then that's kind of like the feedback of mm -hmm. how well you're doing with stuff, you know. And I and I like I've, you know, have you ever done Jordan's um what's it called uh um where you like write about your goals in the future, you try mm -hmm. to like imagine your future and uh, self-authoring. Mm -hmm. Um, I know what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a website and he, you know, he says you should, uh, you know, plan out the next five years, the next 10 years, you know, and say what you want, like get and figure out what you want and, and say it and, you know, make a goal and things like that. I need to do that more, you know, mm -hmm. um, I'm seeing that more and more. I'm like, my goals are so like vague you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I did the past part of his thing, and I need to do that future one. You know, like I bought it. It was like 30 bucks or something, yeah. you know? Um, and it's mostly just good, writing. Yeah, yeah, it's mostly just writing. It's like write for 10 minutes on this. Yeah, get you right, to think. Right, and you kind of go through each one. Yeah. And so it guides you, which is nice. Because right. sometimes it feels a little overwhelming to be like, you well, know. And you that. don't have like starting points, you know? Yeah, I mean, right. I, think, I think those things are good for that because they give you like just, mm -hmm. you know, like, beacons along the way okay now yeah. you got to start thinking like this mm -hmm. yeah and then that takes you to right. this start thinking yeah. like this right yeah mm -hmm. totally mm -hmm. i don't know you don't know <laughs> talk to me no i kind of i kind of like no i like structure and i like having an idea of like i have an, a very vague idea of where i'll be in a few years but I also like going at it kind of unplanned. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It just feels, I don't think there needs to be a specific plan for everything. Like some people have a 
super detailed five-year plan of what they'll be doing, how they'll be doing it, where they'll be doing it. Just sometimes, I mean, most of the time, I think stuff just doesn't turn out <laughs> that way. So, okay, so this is what I've heard, right? And I'm not there yet. But when you have that, depending on what your plan is, but your commitment to the plan, and this is what I'm trying to develop in me, is then there won't be that sometimes stuff doesn't work out. It's like, no, but I'm it's going to work out. I'm not, well, but, it, but I'm not I saying that's good. I agree with you, but I'm not saying, that's not what I was saying. Yeah. Like when I say it's not going to work out, that was actually my point. People focus on this five-year plan. It doesn't go the way they planned, and then they just kind of leave it there and don't try to make it work. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying just go keep that general idea yeah. and you just take whatever and you can't because you there's there. definitely when you're young you don't know what you want sure so your plan's gonna be wrong right so there's some my thing- plan changed so many <laughs> times <laughs> so it's like some crazy but balance one kind of gives things. you though it i think as long yeah, as the, you have an idea it keeps pushing you forward that's right that's you right. might like branches, take a detour it should be branches right but right you're gonna but if you don't move at all right. then you can't then branch you're not gonna it. get closer yeah, and right this is where i think it's important for people to develop skills when they don't know what they want to do mm-hmm. right because if you like this is what I relate in jujitsu. That's jiu-jitsu. cool. I like okay. that. So while you, yeah. Yeah. So let's say you're having a mental block in jujitsu and you're just, for whatever reason, you're just stuck, right? So we say, great, let's work on your fucking strength. Let's develop speed. Let's develop power. Let's develop, you know, whatever physical attribute. So we spend time working on that for a while. Mm-hmm. And then whatever happens in your life or whatever was holding you up, you're starting to work your way through that and you, you can get your head back in the game. Well, you get your head back in the game, but now you got an asset that you didn't have before. Nice, nice you got analogy, more power. Because right. you do go through like dips where, you know, you're using the jujitsu analogy. I, I could say like with guitar, like, yeah. ah, man, it ain't working out. I'm not able to write anything. I got blocks. Yeah, but, but that might also expose you to something that... Mm-hmm. You didn't know which can, can kickstart. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that's what. Yeah. So I, I like to develop a skill during. Uh-huh. That's a cool idea. In the lull, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. skills sometimes are boring to develop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if they if can, you've got yeah. all the yeah. options, it's like people coming in to to roll, right? Mm-hmm. An hour and a half. Rolling is way more fun than drilling most of the time. Yeah, right? right. Especially right. if you you know if you like to smoke before class or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get into some really deep rolls. But yeah. drilling, the more you drill, yeah. the better your rolls are going to be, right? right? And if you can't, and you roll can for, find, you know, I suppose I've never really found it with jujitsu, but um, like I started taking some lessons. I found like this badass shredder guitar player mm-hmm. online, so I was like, you know, I haven't taken. I've always I always used to take lessons of mm-hmm. some type, so. You know, I was like, I need to kind of, you know, revivify. And you can get to these places with technical practice where it's it's pretty wild how much different it is. From like when I'm cold to when I spend an hour and a half warming up mm-hmm. and like doing that intense technical practice, mm-hmm. how much better I am and what that feels like compared to like there and then if i do that every day to stay sharp mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's what that is sharpness yeah. you know um it's a pretty amazing thing mm-hmm. and there's no getting there with just playing songs for right. if i'm going to make the analogy rolling yeah. it's kind of like playing a song um there's you know i i could still there's other places to get 
right? I can still play a song really well, and that's an enormous task in itself. Mm-hmm. But I won't get that type of sharpness mm-hmm. as I do if I do those techniques first. I mean, right. that'd be ideal to do that and then play the song or whatever. But, yeah. Um, and yeah. frequently, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just so they become mm-hmm. fine-tuning. tighter and tighter. Mm-hmm. And it's such a cool feeling. It's an amazing feeling to be, to have that type of expertise. I don't know what, you know, that type of, you know, how you just see yourself doing mm-hmm. it. Like, imagine sometimes you just see your body do this thing and you're like, damn, that's fucking badass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. I just like see my fingers and I'm like, wow, the fluidity of it. And, you know, I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. The yeah. flow state. Yeah, it is that for sure. Yeah. The flow state. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so. I think we volunteered you to end these now. What? Right? Why? So how do we how do we wrap this oh, okay. up? Okay, I have I have a question. So how did it escalate to you being held back? Because you got to the point where you were describing the hotels, and then we just kind of veered off. Oh. Um, did he ever? Oh, okay. Did you so, ever actually answer that no. question? <laughs> I think I did. So we went on this mission, right? So it was a small team. It was a four man team. And we're supposed to clear this hotel room. You would at least, man, at the very least have a squad of 10 people for that. Um, I mean, really, you'd have a whole platoon because you got to look at if there's windows, entry points, and you can't just move through something and secure it with four men like that. You can only secure. Right, you can't leave a person there. Yeah, Yeah. There's yeah. holes blown out in these walls. Like the first room we went into, there was a hole blown out in the fucking, into the next room. You know, so it's like, it's a maze of holes and, mm. you know, just mm-hmm. craziness. The QRF was across like a fucking 50 meter, just open kill zone. So they had to run across the QRF, this, what's yeah, quick reaction force. If we mm. got into trouble, our QRF was the people that would come rescue us. Oh, okay. We're across just a wide open field. It's like mm. if there was any kind of sniper, you could just pick off that fucking team. Mm. So it was this ludicrous mission with the no real purpose. There was like, I think it was like a sniper team that was in there or something that was sending out a harassment fire and, and doing stuff like that, right? I think that's what we were after. And when we're talking... They're snipers. They weren't like fucking, they were shooting rusted out AKs. Okay. I mean, they fired, but they weren't uh-huh. super, super accurate. accurate. It wasn't their uh-huh. thing. It's like, you know, unless okay. it's real okay. close, yeah. it's a lot of it was harassment. Um, hmm. So it wasn't like this immediate like threat. So the what we were told, at least, about the mission, it was like, geez, what a low-level threat at night to run this mission to get, you don't even know who, you know what I'm saying? Everybody looks the same. So it's not like, you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not like they're in an army uniform or anything like that. And a lot of people are armed. <laughs> it's not like, you know, you got to have a permit to own a weapon. Mm-hmm. So everybody's fucking armed. So who do you know is who? So it was this crazy mission and uh, when we got off this mission and we went back to where, you know, I just fucking said to our LT, I'm like, LT, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. And I threw my helmet down and two sergeants grabbed me. And uh, 
you know, again, our LT was cool in the respect that, you know, he would look the other way if we were smoking weed or, you know, as long as we had our shit together, he was cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't want to bust his troops. Like, he could have fucked me. Like, you know, so so there was that cool part of him. But the lame part was the, the mission planning and his approach to right. how we did, you know, things. Yeah. And uh, he sent us on a few missions like that. So, you mm-hmm. know, I was kind of mm-hmm. at this point, I was like, fuck you, man. Mm-hmm. This is like the third one that you've mm-hmm. sent us on that's like such a clusterfuck. Right. You know, um, so that's where I said that to him. And uh, I got a formal letter of reprimand. So our captain was this Mormon captain, really nice guy. And he was a pretty good soldier, but he should have been something else. I don't think infantry was his game. He didn't have like the meanness in him for that, hmm. in my opinion. Um, but, you know, this guy didn't cuss or anything like that. And so he's got a, he's got the whole company locked up at attention and has me standing out in front of the company locked in attention. And so he's reading this formal letter of reprimand to the whole company. And it's like, fuck and shit and fuck, fuck. And, you know, in the letter? Oh, yeah. He's got to read all of that. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh-huh. But this LT sent us on this one other mission that was completely fucked up. So we're doing this whole like um, show of force through this uh, city. It's, you know, I mean, it was it was big in the regard. We had a whole battalion or what did we have? Yeah, I think we had three companies. So, you know, you're talking 300 men approximate. Let's put it in that range so you guys kind of have mm-hmm. a scope and we're all online and we're moving through this fucking city at night in a show of force right and so essentially what you're doing is you're just pushing everybody out that's mm. a fucking you know bad guy mm. right. um so anyway we get you know it's not like you're walking shoulder to shoulder you know okay. you're, you're spread out a little bit so mm you know, moving that much of an element can get offline and get off track. And so one company got way the fuck off track or a platoon. I'm not really sure what size element it was. But anyway, we got to a point and RLT, you know, picked a couple of us to go link up and try to bring this whole thing back online. And so there's three of us and um, he didn't give us a strobe. I asked for a strobe because there's a Cobra cruising around giving us fucking you know air support right and so hmm. he wouldn't give us a strobe he you know like for to whatever call the air no, support? strobe is like something that you would put on your helmet that okay. actually strobes out uh-huh. and so someone flying over can yeah see it. so because they're looking through night vision it's not like a strobe that's visible to your eye i'm not like, oh wow really? walking around okay. with, uh-huh. you know it's uh-huh. an infrared oh, interesting. but uh, is that a helicopter or a yeah so okay. uh, uh-huh. so a helicopter a cobra attack Oh, Cobra, you said. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can see you. Wow, <laughs> you know? that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Right? Okay. And they know, okay, there's a team in the area. Yeah. Right? Don't fucking shoot them. Right. So uh, yeah, yeah. you've got three of us. We're, I mean, there's an enemy in the area. So it's not like, oh, you're just fucking strolling. So we're mm. creeping, trying to link up with this fucking element. And all of a sudden, a sniper starts firing rounds at the helicopter and at the fucking other you know, unit that we're trying to link up with. So what do we look like to the helicopter, right? It's got night vision. 
we don't have a stroke. We look like the fucking sniper team, potentially. Oh, right. Come yeah, we got the, no right. cover. I'm uh, like, yeah. Jesus Christ, man. If this Cobra starts to come in, there's we got nothing, right? There's no cover. There's no place for us to go. You can't, uh-huh. like, fight off a Cobra attack helicopter. Sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, like, this fucked up mission. You know, we had to fucking really get low until, you know, they got a beat on the sniper and were able to, you know, get him out of there. But... It was fucking, you know, another it, fucked up mission. Yeah, it's uh, that fucked up mission. It's mm-hmm. like with a with helicopter support, man. You gotta have mm-hmm. a strobe. You gotta have something because right, they're looking okay. for night vision. They can't tell right who well, you are. Yeah, you know, they just see three yeah. fucking. Uh, it's interesting. I heard Jago talk a little bit about like how that works. Like if someone on a lower rank, if they notice that things aren't great, mm-hmm. and then allowing them to have their say or not you know like all, all those all the etiquette of that and how mm-hmm. that the intelligence of the whole system works to like to take to do missions it's pretty yeah. interesting right how to it's really interesting about like how to run a team yeah right and like how to have leaders of leaders of right all the different levels and how they communicate and and how you could like fix something that's fucked up like if mm-hmm. there's a dude that's fucking shit up how do you you notice that or like say something about it or address yeah. it or change especially it? if they're mm-hmm. higher rank and right yeah you know man there was some good officers and there's some good sergeants and there's some fucking mm-hmm. lame ones you know yeah. and yeah. i think the biggest problem with you know stuff like that is that it could easily be sorted out you, you know it wouldn't take like that much effort to, you know, mm-hmm. select and to start mm-hmm. to understand, okay, this is this type of a group, this is this type of a group, you know, and, and work within those parameters as opposed to just ramming everybody and trying to make them, you, you know what I'm saying, just mesh. Mm-hmm. It, it, at least in the infantry, it shouldn't work like that. If you got sergeants that aren't hard leaders, man, there's other roles for them in the military. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But kind of send them over to the supply or the logistics yeah. or things like that that they would work right. well that in in that regard and get somebody who's a strong and leader do you, when yeah. you're leading men, when you're right. you know, doing that. Yeah, how do you make a system that could run that smoothly? I, right. I mean, you mm-hmm. just have good leaders. You ever you heard know? of, not to like make the biggest drag on, but you ever hear of the Peter Principle? Uh-uh. It's like, it's a thing with like companies where you will get a raise to the, to the next job, you mm-hmm. know, and then you show you're competent there and you do that job well and then you get the next right. job. And you will get hired until you get a job that you can't handle. Yeah. Until you're not competent. And so the idea is uh, that everybody raises to the level of incompetence. That's, right. Yeah. So everybody gets to the point. So then you have a company with people that suck at their job because that's how that raising system works. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Peter Principle. I thought it was interesting. But yeah. it, it does. Like the Army, I think, would maybe one of the best examples of how to run a giant thing that, you know, what I mean, with all those different, you know, divisions and all these mm-hmm. different jobs to do. How do you and how do you hire people and figure out who's good at this? And yeah. it's a pretty wild system. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see it. There's a lot of fucking holes in that system. There's got to be, though. Yeah. It's so There's big. There's a lot going on. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. All right. How are you wrapping this thing up? <laughs> <We're done. laughs> um, what, what could we call it? 
What what would you call this episode? The current events. <laughs> the woke. And, the woke episode. And soap dicks. Soap dicks. And soap dicks. And, and, woke yeah, and there you go. Woke. Dicks. Yeah. <laughs> nice. You have the opportunity now to make this an actual thing. You know, once people start listening to this, more people will hmm. consider that. This okay. Trend. So I thought about this the other day. Just, yeah. just saying what you're saying. You kind of make a trend, but. Like the soap dick trend. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about like, do you think that you could create a new word? Like, right. you sure. know, so we create yeah. a word yeah. that means something and then right. we try to like yeah. make saw, it go I, viral with our yeah. friends and use it. Well, nice. we have to yeah. be able to use it and apply it very yeah. well so that it is right. convincing. Right. I, saw one, word. I saw one today, cool. uh, Tom Segura invented a double pipe classic. I think is what it's called. And it's now in the Urban Dictionary. Uh-huh. And it means when you burp and fart at the exact same moment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, but it's so in, the got it in, in the Urban Dictionary, so it's yeah. one step closer. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Let's well, try to trend a word. Okay. We'll, we'll think about trend. it. Word trend. All right. Peace. Later.